I always say you can't out-hormone your lifestyle choices. If you're drinking a lot of caffeine by day and booze by night and you're not sleeping well, you know, that is going to be a challenge and no amount of hormones will necessarily fix that. Facts do not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect and acceptance. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of Real Everything. I'm here each week to dive deeper into how we can find happiness and health inside and out through self-love, body positivity, and discovering new ways to be our best selves. Before we get started, this podcast is for general education purposes. And while our guest today, Esther, is an integrative dietitian, she is not your health professional as of yet. So we always suggest seeking appropriate treatment with licensed professionals accordingly. That said, welcome Esther to the show. Thank you, Stacey. I'm stoked to be here. I cannot tell you how many questions I get about menopause, so I'm excited to dive into this show with you. We did a show once before on kind of the science of menopause and perimenopause. We talked a lot about health habits in terms of like lifestyle, getting more sleep, gentle movement, nutrients. We also talked a lot about physical changes like skin, skin getting drier and things that we can do, stuff like that. But I think that it was kind of at a very 30 foot view. Is that what they say? Right? Like very high level. And so you have so much experience in this. And as a woman who is entering this phase of my life, I'm more interested to talk about it now than we did a couple years ago when it felt so far away. (laughs) But just listeners, a little introduction. So Esther Blum, is an integrative dietitian and menopause expert. You've got a whole lot of letters behind your name as well. A Bachelor of Science in Clinical Nutrition, a graduate of New York University with a Master of Science in Clinical Nutrition, a registered dietitian, certified dietitian nutritionist, and a board for certification of nutrition specialists. I don't think I've ever even heard of that one, as well as dietitians in functional medicine. And I think that gives listeners kind of a a view of your vast expertise when it comes to um, nutrition and how it kind of functions within the body. And one of the things that, you know, I've been learning more and more about is hormones myself and regulating my own cortisol and things like that. So I think it's great that in your 27 years of expertise, you have helped thousands of women master menopause through nutrition, hormones, and self-advocacy, which I think is a really important element that we'll go into today as well. And you're the author of the best-selling See You Later Ovulator. And listeners may have seen you on Dr. Oz and the Today Show, other TV shows or magazines, as well as publications like Goop, Well and Good, Time Magazine, New York Post, all kinds of things. So welcome to the show. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself, yourself, (laughs) with your vast credentials? What might our listeners need to know about you? 
Yeah, I'm very much the reality Barbie when it comes to eating. I have like a super healthy relationship with food. I always have chocolate in the house. I have like a chocolate shelf in my pantry. Not because I have it every day. Like my son makes fun of me because he's like, can I eat this already? Because you're never eating it. But because... I grew up in a house where, you know, my my mother was fat shamed when she was younger, even though she was not fat at all. When I look at photos, I'm like, you actually look pretty healthy and normal to me. But her mother was a beauty pageant queen and put a lot of pressure and shame around being thin. And so I grew up in a house where I would open drawers and like candy wrappers would fly out. And I was like, why are you hiding this? Like, why can't we have a bowl of M&Ms on the counter? Why do you have to hide, you know, all your kids or make it shameful? And she just never learned to do that until, I mean, now she's, you know, Oh my gosh, we're 30 years apart. So she's 82, she'll be 82 in November. And now she finally has like a healthy relationship with food in her body. But it took such a long time and I vowed to never do that. And she, God bless her, because she never put any of her childhood issues on me at all. And how did you become the menopause expert? I became a menopause expert because my clients were coming to me in droves going through menopause and I didn't always have the tools to help them. So I made it my mission and my responsibility to make sure that I did not let women fall through the cracks and that I did learn how to do it. And I have so many doctors who have mentored me over the years and taught me how to do hormone testing and taught me how to do stool testing and look at the gut and really understand not only how to look at a woman as she goes through perimenopause and as she goes through menopause, but how to support her. And believe it or not, the most shocking thing that women don't know and will never be told by their doctors, unless they're going to a good functional medicine doctor who works with hormones, is that women should actually, they can and should actually be starting to replenish hormones during perimenopause. Perimenopause is the period that can last, you know, up to 10 years before menopause. And this is the time when, you know, periods start to get irregular. You might skip some or you may notice like the cycle length changes. They either get a lot shorter or women, you know, I have women coming to me bleeding for anywhere from two to six weeks at a time. You can get surges where you're getting super heavy periods and clots. You can get insomnia, irritability, mood swings, weight gain, vaginal dryness, joint aches and pains headaches, you know, it's like PMS magnified times 10 and feel a fatigue and some brain fog, also memory changes. And what's happening at that time is that, you know, your ovarian production of your hormones starts to wind down. It's like, you know what, you're probably in your forties, although I see women go through menopause in their late twenties, but your body's like, you know what, it's really not a great time for you to have a baby right now. So we're going to stop ovulation and stop making so much progesterone for you to have a robust ovulation. But then what happens to your body when your progesterone declines 
is that estrogen is now running around completely wild and unopposed, which is giving you those heavy, heavy periods, the irritability, breast tenderness, moodiness, you know, and it, it, speak, it, it peaks and spikes up to 30% on any given day. And your sleep really takes a nosedive without progesterone. So, you know, I like to start doing testing early in perimenopause when most doctors will refuse to test a woman because they'll say, well, your estrogen's all over the place. And that is true. They're like, ah, what's the point in testing? There's a lot of point in testing because I need to understand your baseline so that if need be, we start bringing hormones in, just adding in progesterone, bioidentical progesterone. Even the last two weeks of a woman's cycle can be transformative for a woman. So you give a woman her quality of life back and we can conquer the world. And it's not rocket science, it's not complicated. And women are criminally underserved in this arena, which is why I wrote See You Later, Ovulator, because I was like, I'm going to give women the research studies and the tools and the evidence they need to go to their doctors, advocate for themselves and say, you know what, I actually can start hormones. I can start them now and I'm ready. And it's also so fascinating to me, Stacey, because women are put on the pill from the time they have one irregular period, right? as a teenager, then they go on the IUD for years. And then when it comes to menopause, doctors say, oh, I'm not going to put you on hormones, which is so ridiculous. Or they'll say, well, let's just keep you on the pill or the IUD, which is really not hormone replacement at all. It's just kind of controlling your symptoms, but it's not going to give you the cognitive and the mental health benefits that bioidentical hormones will. So you really do need to educate yourself on what your options are and how you can feel amazing through the process. You don't have to go through a horrible menopause at all. Okay, there's so much there I want to explore. I do also want to just take a moment because I forgot to mention at the top of the show that we are obviously going to be referring to women a lot. And I just want to state that we understand that that definition is broad and does not necessarily apply to those with a uterus or to only those who ovulate. So there are many women with uteruses and many without. The show is all about inclusivity and I'm sure we're going to make mistakes throughout the show, but know that our intent is to always be respectful and mindful. That said, I think maybe if we can just back up a little bit from a very basic perspective. You talked a lot about the symptoms of menopause and perimenopause. Could you just give a high level, like, what is menopause and perimenopause? My mind was blown when you said you've seen women in their 20s go through this. So it's not just only when you hit a certain age and there's not like one age, you know, universally for everybody, maybe we could just start with the basics there. Yeah. So menopause is 12 consecutive months without a period. So a lot of women will go eight to 10 months without a period and they're like, woohoo, I'm done. And then boom, they get a flash period. And then you have to start the countdown clock from that period. So you're not fully menopausal until you're 12 consecutive months without a period. That being said, perimenopause can last anywhere from, you know, some women have a shorter, the average woman goes through five to 10 years of the wind down where your ovarian 
production of hormones declines and eventually switches to your adrenal gland, producing very low levels of hormones. So, and every woman does go through menopause. Now women go through menopause biologically where it happens on their own. Women go through surgical menopause where the uterus and or the ovaries or are removed. And by the way, you can still replenish hormones even without a uterus. The delivery system is different. You may want to replenish it vaginally versus orally or with a patch, but we can talk about delivery systems later. And other women go through chemical menopause when they are going through cancer treatment and they are put on medication to block estrogen receptors from reaching their targeted sites. So I treat all women. I treat women who've gone through cancer. I treat women who have had a surgical menopause or women who have had just the traditional straight up menopause. And there's treatments for everybody. Even if you can't go on hormones, there's lots of ways I like to skin the cat and work with women's doctors. And the interesting thing is I am seeing more and more women who have recovered from breast cancer and their doctors will say to them, you know, your cancer risk is actually very low and your quality of life trumps your risk of getting breast cancer again or recurrent ovarian cancer or whatever type of cancer you've had. And they will put women on bioidentical hormone replenishment. Now, the other thing we need to know is that the hormone replenishment I'm talking about is a microdose. It's about a fifth of the dose of a birth control pill. So I'm not looking to bring your periods back and put you in a place to carry a child when you're in your mid fifties, but I am looking to offset the risk of heart disease, osteoporosis and Alzheimer's and bringing in hormones do just that. They're very, very supportive. So that is why I like to make sure that women are given their options so they can make an educated choice on their bodies and what is best for them. Many of us have so much confusion over what is the right thing to do. For example, I avoid hormone disrupting chemicals in my daily life. I don't want to accidentally be giving myself, for example, high exposure to BPA, which we know can affect hormones and health. With talking about bioidentical hormone replacement at the lower dose, can understanding that you're not the doctor prescribing it and that we recommend that obviously people would do that and that this is about empowerment and education, can you walk us through what you know from either a safety perspective or what you've seen in terms of quality of life in how these manifest for women who, you know, are having terrible symptoms and then are finding relief or not from this medication. So let's just take a historical walkthrough on how the messaging around hormones got so garbled in the first place. Many years ago, there was a study called the Women's Health Initiative, which was done on women who were postmenopausal for 10 years. They were given synthetic hormones derived from the urine of pregnant horses, which is not exactly biocompatible with a woman's body. 
And then the study was released and, and stated that there was a positive correlation with an increased risk of heart attack and stroke and blood clots and that hormones were downright dangerous for women. Thankfully, the North American Menopause Society re-reviewed this paper and said not only was the data misinterpreted, but it was also the study design was flawed and that not only are our hormones safe for women in bioidentical forms, but they are also beneficial in preventing disease risk, a, a chronic aging degenerative disease such as Alzheimer's, osteoporosis, and heart disease. And they updated their position paper in both 2018 and 2022. You can go to nams.org, that's org, and revisit their position papers. Also, doctor's offices have not updated their pamphlets since then. So you will go to a doctor's office and they will say, you know, oh, hormones are scary and hormones are dangerous and hormones have high risk. And I'm constantly now having to explain that, you know, the walk people through what I just walked you through, which is that the, the original study design was really poor and did a huge disservice to women in the meantime. So hormones are incredibly safe and beneficial. And, you know, the average woman who I see in practice comes to me with all the symptoms that, or, or many of the symptoms I mentioned, right? No libido, vaginal dryness, hot flashes, insomnia, irritability, brain fog, memory loss, weight, all of these things happen at once. And when they go on hormone replenishment, all of a sudden, within a very short period of time, I'm talking a few weeks at most, they're sleeping through the night, their energy returns, they have mental clarity, they are not craving all the time because they're sleeping better, their workouts are better. Vaginal dryness takes longer to treat. That can be done with a cream inserted vaginally at bedtime. And you have to use it for two straight weeks, and then you use it a few times a week thereafter. So that can take a little longer to relieve the symptoms and get libido back. But oh my goodness, the other symptoms, I mean, it's its overnight and how, how practically overnight, how good women feel. And it really takes a good three months for you to reach full tissue saturation of your hormones, but you can absolutely see symptomatic relief long before then. I love that you pointed to those studies. I want to share with listeners, we will put the link in the show notes, but NAMS.org is now actually menopause.org. So you can find the North American Menopause Society's studies and publications. We'll put a link in the show notes for you. But NAMS.org took me to like a, a wrong page. So I wanted to let you know that. And yes, and just because I know some listeners don't actually go to the show notes, so I want to make sure they knew. I think one of the things that's really fascinating when you were talking about the risks of hormone replacement therapy is I, there's also risks with unaddressed menopause in terms of the potential that I've heard for bone loss or increased risk of heart disease. Can you talk about that too? Like if if we want to manage with 
you know, lifestyle and someone chooses to not do hormone replacement therapy, what are maybe some of the symptoms and risk factors that they need to be aware of? Yeah. So certainly you, you, will be more at risk for bone fractures. Vitamin D and calcium and magnesium and trace minerals can be very beneficial for bone density, but the research shows without estrogen in the picture, you will not have the same results in optimizing your bone density and preventing bone loss. We certainly know that estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone as well, which women do need testosterone, and no, you don't need high doses, and you will not grow chin hair or you know get weirdly <laughs> look like a bodybuilder or anything like that. We're talking low doses here. But all of those are necessary for neuroplasticity and growing new nerves in the brain and optimizing cognitive function. Let's say you're somebody, though, again, who just is not comfortable taking hormones or, again, are in cancer treatment or just can't do it. Number one, let's talk about vaginal laser rejuvenation therapy. That is an incredible way to help rebuild the vaginal walls and repair atrophy because without the presence of estrogen, typically there is vaginal atrophy and that can lead to a lot of annoying bladder symptoms, a lot of peeing at night and having to pee more, having urgency, having less control, less continence control. So and certainly painful sex and dry sex. So you can do laser therapy. And again, I, I list all the different types and ways to find a laser therapy practitioner in the book, Insulator, Ovulator. There's also vaginal moisturizers and lubricants that you can use with natural beeswax and vitamin E, and they're free of any endocrine disruptors at all. And then in terms of things like hot flashes, there is a nutrient called, it's an adaptogenic plant called maca, M-A-C-A, and that showed 83% clinical success in reducing hot flashes in women because a lot of women also sleep disruptions due to hot flashes. So you can do maca, you can add in some fish oils, and also, you know, diet therapy is amazing in menopause. So and don't hate me for saying this, people, but clearing out caffeine and alcohol really helps eliminate hot flashes dramatically. And adding in a lot of protein at your meals also is beneficial because that's going to stabilize your blood sugar and your cortisol so you're going to sleep better. And certainly adding in strength training is a great way to optimize your bone density. So there are, and it also optimizes your insulin sensitivity and helps with that cortisol belly, or or as I call it, the menopot, which comes on with a deficiency of estrogen and progesterone. So all of those lifestyle things are really key. You know, having a good sleep schedule, getting off your phone an hour before bed, doing some meditation, you know, the lifestyle pieces have a really beneficial effect on treating the symptoms as well. It's, I always say you can't out-hormone your lifestyle choices. If you're drinking a lot of caffeine by day and booze by night and you're not sleeping well, you know, that is going to be a challenge and no amount of hormones will necessarily fix that. So 
you also want to make sure you're keeping alcohol to a minimum because um, alcohol, if you're on hormones, alcohol raises your circulating estrogen levels for four to six hours after each drink. So you don't want to, you know, be in an estrogen dominant state in menopause either. You want to balance and make sure your hormones are really, really happy. But there's a ton that you can do if you decide even if whether or not you decide to replenish hormones, there's a lot you can do lifestyle-wise to support your symptoms. This podcast is sponsored by Cozy Earth, literally the best sheets ever. And they're offering you a better discount than you can get anywhere else, 35% off with code WHOLEVIEW. I recognize that they're expensive and I want you hear me out on why I think they're worth it with this code. I discovered them looking for sheets to help with night sweats, but oh my goodness, do I wish I had found them sooner. They are made from the most luxurious temperature regulating and moisture wicking fabric to keep you comfy all night long. The premium 100% viscose is made from bamboo, so it is sustainable and ethical and has a softest fabric guarantee. Seriously, climbing into beds feels like a cloud. And my night sweats have literally stopped. I had completely forgotten about how bad they used to be until I traveled earlier this month and woke up sweaty. I mean, who misses their at-home bedding when in a luxury hotel? Cozy Earth has made Oprah's favorite things list four years in a row for very good reason. And now they're on Stacy's favorite things list. I want all the things. I actually used this code to purchase their loungewear and clothing. Yes, please. They have size-inclusive loungewear crafted from the same responsibly sourced breathable and luxurious material as their bedding. So I'm so excited to get it. And they have all sorts of clothing I ordered a hoodie dress, skirts, shirts, joggers, and they have a 10-year warranty on all of their products. 10 years. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today. You can get 35% off site-wide when you use code WHOLEVIEW. Go to cozyearth.com and use code WHOLEVIEW for 35% off site-wide. This podcast is sponsored by Indeed, which is where I personally recommend posting your resume as well as posting job opportunities if you're in search of quality candidates. Cole just got his very first job. Yay! I'm so proud of him. And you better believe that I had him on Indeed. They have so many time-saving tools now, way more than they did back in you olden days when I got my first career break. Virtual interview options save you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent seamlessly all in one place. Indeed saves you headaches. Interview virtually with no downloads, plugins, or purchases. And you can do it all in one place with Indeed. After using Indeed's virtual interviews, most employers said it saved them days of hiring time, according to Indeed Data US. Indeed is the number one source of hires in the U.S., according to Talent Nest, with 73% of U.S. online job seekers search for jobs on Indeed each month, according to Comscore. 
Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, with Indeed's Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. In the minute I've been talking to you, 16 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed Data Worldwide. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in their databases matching your job description. Visit indeed.com slash whole view to start hiring now. Just go to indeeddata.com slash whole view. Indeed.com slash whole view. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast is sponsored by Paleo Valley, the only brand I trust for collagen and liver pills. I personally use them and love the quality, safety testing, and clinical studies to support the validity of any claims. And you know I avoid diet culture, so to support a brand with paleo in it, it is because it is the best. For years, I struggled with tweaking my diet and obsessing over nutrients to optimize my health, but the simple trade of coffee for smoothies last year was a game changer for my health. My cortisol came down for the first time in a decade, so often I'm asked what I put in my smoothies, and both the protein and greens are from Paleo Valley. Their organic super greens powder is energizing, easy on my digestive tract, and the only one I know that's tested to avoid dangerous levels of heavy metals and cytotoxins found in most other brands. Plus, it doesn't include any cereal grasses such as wheatgrass, barley, oat, or rye, all of which I avoid as someone with celiac. And I genuinely feel amazing when I add it and add in their 100% grass-fed bone broth powder to my breakfast smoothie. I also like and regularly take two of their supplements, Organ Complex and their Essential C Complex, which have more bioavailable antioxidants and are more absorbable from whole food forms versus the synthetic or corn-based sources like most vitamin C supplements. I love taking them when I travel or if I'm feeling sick to support my immune function since our bodies burn through vitamin C when stressed. Try Paleo Valley yourself at paleovalley.com slash thewholeview and use code thewholeview15 for 15% off to maximize your savings at paleovalley.com slash thewholeview, code thewholeview15. I actually love that you mention caffeine and water and alcohol as being contributors to the negative symptoms of menopause because I personally have found in my life that those things directly impacted my health much more than the obsessions that I had for so long with dieting and managing every single bite of food that I was eating and trying to hack my blood sugar with, you know, obsessing about carbohydrates and all these kinds of things. Meanwhile, riding a hormone roller coaster with my adrenals and my cortisol, with caffeine, with not sleeping enough, and then increasing my anxiety and sleep trouble with drinking alcohol in the evenings. I never abused either. Like I didn't even drink 
caffeine coffee every day. I do like half calf or decaf sometimes. And certainly I didn't drink every day, but even just pulling those things out entirely had a huge impact on measurable elements of my health in terms of looking at my hormones, looking at my metabolic function, looking at different kinds of things have improved by removing those. So, and it's not something that health professionals are talking about nearly enough. Like it is such an, a cop out to say like, oh, just diet and exercise. I mean, nobody wants to hear quit coffee, quit drinking, <laughs> but like it has such a huge impact. And I know for me, it was definitely interacting with my sex hormones because I was seeing low estrogen in my test results and having brain fog and definitely my moods were not stable. And so it was like the thing that I decided I was going to focus on. I'm like, this is really in terms of quality of life for me, this is so much more impactful than like the the 20 pounds I keep gaining and losing, you know, the last five years. Like that's not mm -hmm. what I need to be focused on right now. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about those specific things, like the stress and the sleep, the alcohol, that caffeine, that they all have on our health, both from, I mean, I know we're talking a lot today about menopause and perimenopause, but even before that, the impacts that they can really have on our health leading up to that point in our life. So, and again, everyone's clearance of caffeine is different, right? Like some people, you know, I have really close friends who can drink a cup of coffee and go to bed and their caffeine clearance is okay. But for the most part, as we age, our tolerance to caffeine and the time it takes to clear it from your liver slows down and same goes for alcohol. And about 30% of women in menopause just naturally develop non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. They don't, you know, so you're really not processing caffeine and alcohol well at that point either. But in your younger years, yeah, I mean, you have to, You it makes sense that the better and the cleaner you can kind of keep those items, the, the easier it will be to transition into perimenopause and menopause. And so what happens when you have, let's talk about alcohol first, so alcohol has to be processed through your liver and, you know, your, your blood alcohol can stay elevated for an, anywhere from an hour to longer than that after each cocktail. And it, it takes your liver at least four to six hours to process even one drink. And so what happens is usually you're in bed when that's happening and as your, your alcohol will raise your blood sugar and then it will bottom out. And as your insulin drops, your cortisol spikes up. So ding, you're up at three, four in the morning because your liver's detoxing that drink you had. And your liver's also trying to detox hormones at that time. But if it has to choose, it's always going to choose alcohol first. So you will wake up and be wide awake and have a really poor night's sleep. And alcohol, you know, prevents you from going into REM sleep and really impacts a good night's sleep. So you can, I, I don't drink often, but when I do, a lot of the times uh, I have to have a nap the next day. Like my body just doesn't like it at all. I tell people and I, I prefer to day drink and they think that I'm like a, a weirdo and I'm like, no, if I'm, if I'm going to drink, it's going to be, it's going to be like an right. afternoon or something, because otherwise I, like you said, it's not just about being awake. I'm also, 
like I have overwhelming anxiety when my head hits the pillow if I've been drinking like a few yeah. hours beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it can be very calming and numbing at first for a lot of people. They're like, oh, I need a drink. But I'm like, really, you may want to think about just some really calming adaptogenic herbs and nutrients, you know, magnesium at bedtime is really calming. Ashwagandha, schisandra, skullcap is really nice. Lemon balm is nice. Those are just calming herbs. So that actually, I'm like, if you can replace your cocktail with just a tincture of calming herbs, Holy basil is another good one. You know, you'll take the edge off and, and you will learn and you're, you will l learn to relax, but n not in the presence of alcohol. Meditation is another really good one. And like, I mean, listen, we all have a lot of stress. I'm, I'm launching a book. I wrote and launched a book, which is no small feat and definitely one of the more stressful experiences I've had in quite a long time while running and growing a business and scaling at the same time. And I will say like alcohol is just not part of it. It's calming tinctures all the way for me. Like I don't, and meditation every single night. And that's how you know, it takes 10 minutes of deep breathing to lower your cortisol. That's it. And it takes 56 days, it takes eight, eight weeks. It's actually less than two months, but to reshape the amygdala or the fight or flight center in the brain. So it doesn't happen overnight, but it, it is a practice. And everyone says, well, I suck at meditation. I'm not good at it. Nobody's good at it. Actually, you're the point of meditation is not to clear your brain and make it devoid of all thought. The point is to acknowledge all the thoughts that are coming in your monkey mind and then kind of swipe left and be like, great, return to your breath, return to your breath, return to your breath, and just keep coming back to your breath. And eventually your brain will get to the point where you go in bed, you take three deep breaths and you pass out because your nervous system has learned to shut down and be very calming. And when you pair meditation with, you know, some progesterone, right, your brain is just quiet. So all of those pieces make a huge difference in your quality of life. And then, yeah, caffeine, I mean, same thing. It can take, you know, up to 24 hours to clear it out for your liver. So my son, again, he loves to bust on me. He's a teenager. So, you know, he... Uh, he had a track meet last week and, and I bought him a coffee because he runs really well on coffee. So I was like, you want coffee before the meet? He's like, yeah, you want a sip? And I looked at him. I was like, no, because you know, I'll be up at three in the morning from that damn sip of coffee. So we laugh like it's just, you know, if you're not dealing well with coffee and people think, oh my God, there's no way I can cut coffee because I can't function through the day. But actually what happens is after that initial week or two, of kind of going through withdrawal, you know, your energy will actually be much better because coffee can spike up your cortisol and then you crash and burn around 3 p.m. and feel exhausted. And that's when most people reach for the second cup of coffee. Instead, I years ago, I put myself on and I don't, I don't have financial ties, but it's Four Sigmatic is the company and it's a drink called Perform. And it has cow and cordyceps, which is a mushroom that really helps with mental focus. So it's, it's a hot drink or I drink it iced in the summer. I brew it and pour it over ice and it's just adaptogenic. It helps your adrenals function better, gives you good energy, but none of the buzz 
and the withdrawal from caffeine. I've had Four Sigmatic makes a lot of different things. They have fun like chais and different kinds of things that I've tried as well. I found that I, and I know like listeners, you might've heard me say this enough, say this before, but I don't think it can be said enough. Like I actually have more energy now if I have a smoothie or a breakfast in the morning and not coffee because what I was doing before was just having like coffee with some sort of protein like a powdered collagen or something like that and then cream and I wasn't hungry and so my body was never kind of like waking up you know it's rest and digest kind of, you know what I mean? Like it never kind of got a, oh, we're eating now, we're awake now kind of boost. And I I don't know if it's the kind of punch of nutrients of a smoothie that has a bunch of fruits and vegetables in it or what it is, but I genuinely, I, I did not want to give up coffee and I did take like a week to nap and stuff. Maybe listeners challenge yourself over the holidays to like, stop if you you know if you have that week between the holidays to before you go back to work to just nap and and push through it and reset your circadian rhythms and all that kind of stuff and it took me months to see results in my cortisol but I immediately felt better like within a couple of weeks so I really uh appreciate that element of what you're bringing into how to help with hormones because I I've personally seen it. And I also really liked the idea of maca for hot flashes because that's Mm -hmm. the, that's the one thing that I am not feeling great about is I, during one particular portion of my cycle, I will have hot flashes at night. And I, I got new sheets that are like game changer. They're like cooling sheets. And that has actually improved things a lot as well. I'm wondering if, we can talk about other other than the occasional like waking up sweating. I think that there are some really great things. And one of the elements of what you share on social and the work that you do is talking about menopause not always as a bad thing. I think we've talked a lot about some of the negative aspects of it, but there are also some positives that I think if we do some mental work, right, if we reframe how we think about things can also how we ultimately feel about it. Can you share what some of those might be? Let me tell you. So I did a whole, I did a reel set to man, I feel like a woman of like the benefits of menopause. So there's so many, it's something I'm so looking forward to being completely done with my cycles. And so a, no surprise periods, no getting caught with your pants down and like, you know, completely blood soaking your pants, surprise periods. Number two, no tampons, no menstrual cups, like never having to have a stash in your bag. Number three, no birth control. You can have sex anytime. You don't have to worry about birth control at all. Number four, just being really unapologetic. I am finding the 50s just each decade as I age, I'm like, oh, this is just awesome of just being really unapologetic and super comfortable with yourself and setting boundaries and saying no. You're like, nope, that doesn't work for me. Or no in and of itself is just a really complete sentence. And 
really honoring your body and being like, man, I, for those of you who are listening, who birthed one child, many children, like, oh my God, you're a warrior. If you have not had children, you have still made it through life this far, right? Your heart's been beating every day. Maybe you've done athletic, you've conquered athletic events. Maybe you've built a business. Maybe you've traveled around the world or been an amazing friend, sister, daughter, you know, it's just, it's a great time to look back on your life and celebrate your accomplishments and really just absolutely take full ownership of who you are. I, I think the fact that so many women now are also, and this really got hip during the pandemic, but a lot of women stopped coloring their hair, letting all their silver and platinum beauty sh shine through, you know, all of these things are so liberating and i personally cannot wait to be done because even though i barely get a cycle i still get wicked cramps and i freaking hate it and so <laughs> i'm looking forward to not being woken up at 4 a.m with vicious cramps so yeah it's i i can't wait to just not have that monthly up and down and the nice thing is too is that you know moods really stabilize you're not getting all these wicked mood swings all the time and irritability and crying at you know a kleenex commercial so i i'm looking forward to just like chilling out and being really happy but like stable and content and not having to contend with the monthly ups and downs at all I love your your positive vibe about it and especially because I've talked to so many people who myself included as we approach perimenopause and menopause there are impacts to mental health. I, maybe you could share a little bit while this is not necessarily a positive I think when we approach things from being educated about them and also being able to reframe it can help in terms of how we we process things that might not be feeling great in our mental health. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how the hormones are interacting with the brain and what we might, you know, have as options in terms of, or solutions, so to speak, in terms of if we're feeling impacts to our mental health as we approach this time period. So this is one of the greatest disservices that are, is done to women during menopause and it made me so angry when I was you know just researching over so many years and I'm like nobody is telling women that it's perfectly common not I'm not gonna say normal because I don't want to normalize suffering but perfectly common for women to experience mental health changes during menopause and doctors will give they'll say well you just need an antidepressant no menopause is not an antidepressant deficiency it's actually a hormone deficiency so you know progesterone and estrogen have a massive impact on brain biochemistry and a very positive impact on brain biochemistry so when your body's production starts to decline you can experience anxiety, you can experience depression, brain fog, you know, these are very, very real. There is not a day that goes by that I do not speak to a woman in my practice who has has or is going through all of these pieces. And I, I can tell you too, my anxiety definitely ratcheted up when I was, you know, uh, before I had started adding progesterone in. So it, it really, I really felt it physically. And, but again, the good news is that it's completely treatable, right? It's treatable either replenishing hormones 
or there's lots of calming nutrients for the brain, right? There's um, 5-HTP, there's L-theanine, and again, work with a practitioner. Do not self-medicate with this stuff, especially if you are on an antidepressant. Like You really have to work with a practitioner to find the right cocktail for you. High-dose omega-3s, also incredible. And again, I love calming herbs, valerian, lemon balm, magnolia bark, ashwagandha. These are all really calming nutrients that make a huge difference. You can even just take straight up GABA, which is the calming neurotransmitter that progesterone makes. Um, so, and meditation, deep breathing, walking, and walking outside in nature, and also understanding that this is truly due to the biochemical changes in your hormones There's and in your body. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not at fault. You're not doing anything wrong, but you definitely need support. So talk to a professional, talk to a functional doctor, talk to a functional medicine dietitian, get testing done, find out where your hormone levels are so you can treat it. Test, don't guess. So you can treat your symptoms and get relief. Cause I promise you, this is all treatable. It's all figure outable. And there are so many good answers for you. And there isn't a woman in my practice who hasn't gotten better when we incorporate all of these treatment modalities. She feels better. She's calmer. She doesn't feel so depressed and anxious all the time. So it's really, really, and even again, like clearing out caffeine can really help with anxiety too. And clearing out booze can help with depression because we don't realize, but booze is an antidepressant. That's why I can really only drink when I'm very, very happy. A, <laughs> depress a depressant, not an antidepressant, right? Uh, it's a depressant. Pardon yes. me, not an antidepressant. Yes. Thank you. Yes, Sorry no problem. That. Yeah, and there is a mechanism there in terms of like how it negatively impacts. Like it feels good short term, but then, you know, your your body wants more of it and depletes over time. So yeah. Yeah. Love the correction. Yes. That's okay. <laughs> I just I didn't want people to think <laughs> I was like that. It's an antidepressant. I'm gonna go drink now. Yes. No, Every no, no. Day. It won't help. It won't help. No, but I love that you kind of gave some of those actionable things that people can do because I always like to end the show with things that people can take away and feel good about, like things that they can do. And I think you you gave a lot of those. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate talking to a professional when we're talking about, you know, doing things with our hormones, we need to be actually measuring the results. And this isn't kind of like an N equals one. Oh, let me just play with this stuff. When I talked about, you know, my own hormone experience, like I am going to a medical professional who is, you know, doing blood draws and looking at my hormones and being able to see some results there. And I'm not even on any sort of bioidenticals or taking any of some of those things. I'm, I'm just wanting to see results from the perspective of some of the lifestyle stuff that I'm doing, because I do think that one of the other things that I talk a lot about on the show is, um, if, if you perceive something a certain way, if you expect it a certain way, that's going to be the result, right? So sometimes we can think that being overly restrictive in certain areas or doing certain things has a result different than what we're actually seeing because our body is expecting it to be so and therefore we will perceive a result, right? So if you tell yourself, oh, well, I'm going to restrict whatever 
food or, you know, and I'm, like whatever element it is that we're doing, I'm going to do a lot of exercise. That's going to be the solution. And maybe you feel better because immediately after you're getting kind of a, a rush from the adrenal and the hormones that are coming right after you work out, but long-term that might actually be draining for you, especially if you have a thyroid problem or you have hormone imbalance. So if you're not actually checking those hormones, you might think I'm doing a lifestyle activity that's helping me and it could be harmful. So that's why so many things that I think when we enter this phase of our life, when I do my annual physical, I ask specifically for them to check my hormones. And like you were saying, Esther, that will create a baseline for when it, I do either, you know, want to go in bioidenticals or I want to figure out what I need to do in the future. But in the meantime, I at least can, can see some of these, these results over time in terms of what I'm doing lifestyle wise. I have, I have a selfish question. Are you? Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. I've heard through the grapevine not researched on the internet, that's why I want to ask you, that women who have more pregnancies, pe- people who have more pregnancies, will actually experience perimenopause faster, which sounds the invert to me, right? It seems to me if I wasn't dropping eggs for 10 years of my life that it would delay things. But I've heard, tell me if this is true, that the body knows that. And so it starts kind of speeding up the process. And that's part of why like periods can be more intense and that kind of stuff. Is that, is that individual or is that generally the case? I, I don't have an answer for you there. Quite honestly, I I think it's individual. I, I would love to see the research on that before I comment, but I honestly don't know. And it, it, it is interesting how individual it is. I mean, I speak to some women who, you know, don't start experiencing symptoms until their 60s. Meanwhile, I have a lot of friends, you know, we're kind of in our early to mid 40s and we're all talking about different symptoms that we're experiencing, you know, so it's it's yeah. interesting how how it affects at, at certain times. And I wondered if that if, if you had heard that. So say will remain a rumor then yet to be determined. Oh, so. <laughs> I, I definitely would have to do more research on it. I just don't know enough about that to to make a, an educated comment on it. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to learn more from Esther, obviously today is just a sprinkling of vast amount of knowledge on this. You can find her on Instagram at gorgeous Esther and at her website, estherblum.com. We will put both as links in the show notes. And of course, Esther's book, See You Later, Ovulator, Mastering Menopause with Nutrition, Hormones, and Self-Advocacy is out October 4th. So I hope that if this is interesting to you, you check that out. And Esther, did you say you had something special for our listeners? I do. Okay. So for those of you who would like a complimentary ticket to my live event, this is a $500 value. This is my live event on February 25th, and you would simply go to estherblum.com forward slash menopause and claim your VIP ticket there. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, listeners. That is a, an awesome gift. I hope that you take advantage if this is a topic of interest to you. And Esther, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else you wanted to share with our listeners before we sign off today? I would say find a doctor who's going to listen to you, who is not going to gaslight you. And if your doctor dismisses you when it's time for your menopause care, and says that's normal and gives you a pat on the shoulder with no solutions in sight or offers you the pill or the IUD as a solution, run fast, find a new doctor. Do not settle for shoddy menopause care because there are answers out there for you. There are plenty of doctors who wanna help you who will do telemedicine if there isn't anyone in your area. You can go to ifm.org. That's the Institute for Functional Medicine.org or the Dutch test. Also, you can find a practitioner, a doctor in your area who can support you through the process. Thank you. Love that. And listeners, if you want to know what we really thought, we'll be over on patreon.com slash the whole view. It's the best place to ask questions. And if you love the show that we create and produce ourselves, Patreon is a great way to support the show. But so is leaving a review and hitting the follow or subscribe button in the podcast app that you're using so that others can find us and Esther too. And we've put a list of resources in the show notes for you at realeverything.com. Thank you for tuning in today. We appreciate your willingness to be open open to grow through your own personal changes and learning. No one is perfect, but in listening, learning and unlearning, we can become better versions of ourselves. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.